When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those. Something big about to happen. I hear the beat tapping. We some fly rum and felines rapping on the track. Better yet, grab a gat, cause we hot like. Enzo, doors closed, windows up, cause that's the way we like to ride. Windy City hitting. Check mic 1212. We live, baby. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Speak Your Mind Radio. I'm your hostess, with the mostess, Queen Star, aka Miss Hip Hop. And today, we are reviewing a YouTube sensation by the name of Nicholas Yee. Hey, Nicholas, how are you doing today? Hey, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Well, um, I like to start off all my shows with an icebreaker question for the uh, guests. So are you ready? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> okay. What is your greatest strength? Oh, my greatest strength. Well, I'll tell you what my, my greatest weakness is, is talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I, th- I think that's all artists kind of like just hard on themselves, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's hard as an artist. It's you know, it's it's hard being honest and it's hard being, I guess, vulnerable about what you do in a way that's not through your art. I mean, that's that's why we do what we do and not just go around giving TED talks, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Very true. Okay, um, so Nicholas, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you compose music? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I play the cello. Um, I was classically trained uh, as a child. And um, my approach, I guess, to what I do today, which is primarily like arrangements, um, string and instrumental arrangements of just different elements of pop culture, so to speak, whether that's um, hip-hop, film soundtracks, um, K-pop, etc. I think a lot of that stems from uh, somewhat of a desire to break free from that kind of Western classical music tradition and some frustrations I had with it um, over time and just um, wanting to, wanting to, I guess, try something new and see what else I could do with the skills I had learned. Well, so far, it seems to be working for you um, to, uh, I guess, kind of step outside of the box. Yeah, I mean, working, I guess, you know, subjective, but it's it's a continuous um, exploration, I guess. Yeah, I agree. There is uh, many stops along the way, but the journey continues anyway. (laughs) Mm, Definitely. So, um... Who inspired you to become this great musician that you are today? And how would you describe the music that you make? Um, Inspirations, I mean, I'm inspired by 
pretty much anything anything I listen to honestly um you know seeing artists do their thing uh seeing the ways that uh producers nowadays are just incorporating um different sounds uh, into the music and experimenting with incorporating um unfamiliar things and just integrating them in ways that um, you know still still create something that sounds uh, familiar but also fresh exactly and I think um, that you provide that I'm sorry yeah 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 no worries um, so I think I mean as as like a teenager um, I was largely inspired by Kanye West um, and his uh, his production style um, especially on a lot of those um, Good Friday tracks uh, where you know he had he had already you know kind of explored the whole orchestral hip-hop uh, crossover and his like late registration stuff and then kind of moving forward into his um, like dark fantasy era and with the Good Fridays releases um, a couple tracks that were really inspirational to me when I heard them were um, the Christian Dior Denim Flow and Christmas in Harlem and the way that the sound he was producing out of strings wasn't just it wasn't as firmly rooted in that kind of orchestral western classical tradition it was taking those elements and moving them forward in a way that was um preserved the i guess human and organic aspects of those live instruments um but not in a way that was as confined to um, those like rigid structures of the orchestral setting um, or of the um, that kind of romantic era um, orchestration style. Exactly, exactly. Um, that's actually how I kind of found you and everything. Um, I was listening to Beethoven on YouTube and I'm like, man, I wonder if anyone ever thought of, you know, having classical hip hop, you know, I think that would be extra dope. So I just typed in the little search bar, I said Kanye West uh, classical, you know, style music or something, mm-hmm. just something, anything. And then you, your name popped up and I'm like, hmm, and I was like, see this young guy playing the cello, this looks interesting and let me click on it. I clicked on it and I was blown away, Nicholas. You're, mm, you. you have, man, you embody the uh, the certain aspects of art and Kanye West, you know, that he tries to put out, push out there, which he does in a very grand and authentic way. And your music, you captured every like high and every low and every, just every you pinpoint everything and you know what we hear as hip-hop period you know mm-hmm. but then when you hear it in that style somebody playing the cello over all his beats man i don't know if you know but kanye west will probably be like blown away too like wow this guy is incredible <laughs> oh, <possibly>. I, <laughs> I think he would like what you have composed i really do so what inspired you to say like, hmm, let me take um, these beats, these hip hop beats and put them in my perspective and play the cello over it? Like what inspired that? Especially, I know you say you listen to Kanye West a lot in high school and how he's such an inspiration, but like, 
this was like in 2017 when you put this video out. So like, what was going through your mind? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, uh, well, as, as I mentioned, like uh, my whole kind of foray into this crossover and trying to trying to do different arrangements and different things with exploring like the sounds of um, of like the classical instrument that I was trained on um, kind of like a lot of that was inspired or um, like instigated with <clears throat> sorry with me um, like listening to those um, those like Kanye tracks that I've mentioned mm -hmm. um, and kind of over time um, trying to apply certain of those techniques or that perspective and approach um, that I was hearing in those tracks um, to like different arrangements that I had done. And then, yeah, after a few years, I, I kind of thought, you know, um, I think it's a good, a good point uh, for me to kind of, it, it would be a good like reflective exercise to kind of revisit some of those songs um, and apply kind of things I had learned from the different projects I'd worked on over time. Um, to kind of revisit that music and um, what it meant to me then and what it means to me now um, and how it's inspired the work that I've done since um, and kind of use that just as, yeah, as an opportunity to look back and um, kind of reaffirm what I do and um, revisit my inspirations and kind of recontextualize them. Okay. Um... Have you ever composed different arrangements of music with uh, other instruments besides the cello? Yeah, so um, a lot of yeah, a lot of like the I guess collaborations that I've done have um, just have been with like people that I met through uh, music communities, um, like local music communities, whether it was um, in in like uh, a classical orchestral setting whether it was in um, kind of like a jazz setting. Um, so I, you know, I, I try to, to take those like friendships or um, local connections and see them just as opportunities to, um, I guess, experiment with our combined skills and our combined, or and our, our um, different backgrounds and upbringings when it comes to music um, and kind of see what we can do with that and uh, how we can, incorporate influences just from from different elements of, of the culture around us do you um feel like um that if you could just like think back to other types of music like classical music classical pieces mozart you know you like you said western style music um how do you think that music has changed from then to now um and i'm talking about like the intricate details like you know maybe like everybody's not going to pinpoint you know i have a musical ear so to speak like a green thumb they're not going to have that but what are some things that you've noticed that like hmm this is still the same or hmm this is vastly different right um yeah it's, it, it's really interesting because again coming from a kind of classical background um i think you'll encounter a lot of a kind of attitude of, um, I guess, like condescension towards you know what they would whatever they would call like modern music or like pop culture, mm -hmm. um, in a sense that you know you'll you'll grow up learning sorry in these communities I guess you'll you'll grow up learning 
um, you know, uh, about like theory, um, like musical theory, and I guess you'll um, you'll come to I guess try to sorry you'll come to appreciate things based on um, quantifiable metrics that aren't always there to be found in just the music that is around us today right right um and i think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that i guess in a sense classical music has always been upheld by a desire to glorify and analyze elements of the past right and a lot of that has just been continuously done while um, outside of that tradition and outside of that culture um, you know artists and people I mean like raw artists have um, you know been also been continuously searching for a way to express themselves more honestly more genuinely how to connect with people how to create communities and that approach um, which I think is just kind of natural to which is kind of naturally happens, right? As opposed to like a deliberate um, right. institutional effort to uphold um, certain values and traditions. Um, that kind of organic process leads to um, music that isn't always so easy to analyze and um, just put in a, in a box as being solely what its quantifiable qualities are um, you know the reason that that music affects us it, it can't can't always be um, broken down into uh, a certain a certain theory right simplified right um, so I think in talking about what's what's different um, I would say that um, yeah, like a lot of a lot of the music that resonates with us and that resonates with with people today, yeah, isn't isn't always so easy to quantify in the same ways that in perhaps in classical tradition we try we try to apply that lens to like the music around us, but that's not always you know the best way of of analyzing it. Wow. So, yes. Yeah, so, so I always kind of felt like there was that kind of disconnect where we, you know, kind of turn up our noses or look down at you know the music that is relevant and is resonating with people um, today um, because we're trying to apply a lens to it that really doesn't recognize the qualities that make that music so resonant wow um that was an in-depth answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little bit I rambly probably but no i appreciate it i always like the mind of an artist and their creative process and um in which they hear music and compose music i think it's all fascinating to me to be quite honest so um how has your environment like you know when you do um compose compose original music not just like you know like the tributes to Kanye West or other soundtracks at that mm -hmm. but when you comp compose your own music what it how does your environment inspire the sound that comes through because you are currently in um you live in um Canada correct yeah yeah that's right 
So what kind of musical inspirations lie beneath Canada? Hmm. Well, I don't, um, I guess it's hard to say if, yeah, I, I guess it is like, it's, it's, it's hard to break down how, I guess, a geographical uh, location of your upbringing like, affects what you do. But um, also, so I live, uh, I live in Edmonton. Um, I don't know if anyone listening would know where that is, but it is um, like very far north, I guess, relative to um, Chicago. And uh, I think it is like one of the most, like it's, it's, it's one of the most like northern, I guess, like bigger, bigger cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the most northern capital city. Um, of the of the provinces in in Canada, um, and so I am I'm like I've I've been inspired uh, not only in like music but just like visually um, through like the winters that we have here, wow. um, and the um, so in in the winter here just because we are kind of further north, um, like we'll have like pretty pretty short days. Like there's not, like the the hours of daylight are pretty short, um, but it's also a time where there'll be pretty strong um, sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think kind of being in those environments kind of creates um, like an an air of I guess quiet and um, a little bit of mystery um, that I you know, kind of, that connects with me because I've kind of grow, grown up in this environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, likewise, since the winters are so, um, like the daylight is much shorter in the winter, the opposite is true. In the summers, the days are very long. Um, so I think also being in a place uh, where there were those kind of drastic shifts in, in scenery throughout the seasons um, kind of affected me in um, seeing seeing kind of familiar things around me in different lights like throughout throughout the like seasonal shifts nice and I think you know when it comes to like um, like reinterpreting uh, music or like adapting art or trying to apply like different lenses to um, like the things around me um, I think perhaps not in like a super direct sense, but I do think that, um, you know, observing those seasonal shifts um, and how they kind of force me to reinterpret just the things around me and in my life. Um, I think that that definitely had an influence on me. Wow. Um, I like that. <laughs> it reminds me of my mother. I always try to get her to out of Chicago like let's go somewhere else let's go somewhere else and everywhere I say let's go she says no no I like the seasonal changes I like the the perception the the view and I'm like what I'm like I want to go somewhere that's warm all the time Mm -hmm. and she's like settle down (laughs) it's true like here here as well like living in a place where where you have those winters Mm -hmm. um you know everyone in the winter says says the same thing oh i want to move somewhere that's that's warmer why do i live here um and i think yeah like that is a good i guess kind of escapist fantasy 
during those times but you definitely do come to appreciate it yeah uh, as as you move into those warmer months and, and you see that kind of contrast and you have that kind of variation in your life you do come to appreciate it that's so true you're actually connected to nature you're like more more one with nature because you like you can feel you know the different seasons change and you can see it and you know yeah, just experience it nature's mercy yeah, right exactly wow um okay well there was another question i was going to ask you la, 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 la. okay uh do you like uh, oh yeah okay this is a fun question because i always wonder about what other people to listen to classical music too so um who would you rather um prefer uh, Mozart or Beethoven and why? <laughs> oh, who would I prefer, like, to meet or? <laughs> no, <laughs> not to meet. Well, I mean, I guess that's a good question too, but like, no, just like to listen to the vibe out too. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a tough question. Both of them have such vast catalogs of music that they do. is still largely celebrated and performed today. True. Um, I mean, the easy answer for, I guess, classical musicians and um, and people who aren't classical musicians alike would be Beethoven. Just yeah. His music is so, um, I guess, the perception is that his music is so much uh, more dynamic or freer mm-hmm. um, than than Mozart's but I think you know I think it's also about appreciating the the differences exactly. and um, I mean yeah I um, I grew up playing in uh, in orchestras and um, yeah I remember having actually like a lot a lot of fun playing like the magic flute for example <laughs> playing, um, yeah like I had I had a lot of fun playing playing Mozart music so um for me when I listen to it it's not it's not connected as much so sorry and I guess a lot of the perception so yeah conversely a lot of the perception of, of Mozart is that his stuff is very like calculated uh repetitive yeah. lacking emotion etc exactly um, but I think you know possibly possibly just because I had that kind of orchestral um experience as a child when I when I listen to Mozart I do kind of connect it with those like fun fun experiences of um, yeah being a part of an ensemble um, you know coming together to to make music and also just you know seeing your friends and and uh, doing an activity like that together so I don't know it is it is hard for me to necessarily say oh I, I prefer one to the other and exactly. also also because they have like such big catalogs I mean there's just so much um, music that they've done that I haven't been exposed to or, or heard either I totally agree because they do have like a thick catalog of music it's like wait a minute I didn't I never heard this before or I didn't see this here before wait a minute mm-hmm. <laughs> so I definitely uh, could understand where you're coming from. And they both are inspiring artists, I, I would say, so. Yeah. Uh, sorry, also just interesting, maybe this is not... Oh, sorry, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, there was a little bit of um, static there. Um, 
I mean, so okay, f- funny like crossover, I guess, from like the the cello the cello perspective um, between the two composers is that there is this like uh, kind of piece, like very prominent piece in in, in the classical cello uh, repertoire that is like Beethoven's um, variations on a theme from the Magic Flute um, for like cello and piano, um, and. I think it's interesting to kind of see, to look back and, and see that as just like an example of, like here here today, I, I think we'll, we'll often just look at back at like classical music and think of like, oh, okay, there's the music of the past and there's the music of the present, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also just, um, I think hearing and learning about those pieces uh, was kind of an, exa- um, an example or kind of made me realize that the stuff that we look back on as just being before us was also kind of on on uh, on a timeline, right? So in in Beethoven's time, he would have um, obviously in 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 doing these variations on a theme from the Magic Flute. To him, it would have been the same thing. Like, oh, looking looking back at the music um, uh, of the music that's like in in the culture, and how can I reinterpret this um, to you know, express what I want to say, or how can I use this as an exercise to explore the musical ideas that um, I'm trying to look into, um, or how can I update this for the audiences of today? Exactly, exactly, and that's what you do. That was what I tried to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's but my also, perspective. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, also what I try to do is a little bit of the opposite too. Like I'm not necessarily trying to. Um, I guess I, I guess what I'm kind of what I'm trying to do is 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 look at like these these techniques that I've learned on like the cello and through the classical tradition and how do I update those um, through like the lens of um, of like modern culture. Um, so I guess it's it's a little a little bit less of like um, how can I uh, take this m- music and and update it for. From modern culture because a lot of the music is already kind of um from from like modern culture right very true very very true um okay so last but not least um how do you stay creative during quarantine oh hmm. um well i guess for me I largely did a lot of work from home before, um, so you know I would you know like obviously rehearsals and performances and stuff you can't do as much now. But um, like the work from that I was doing from home um, hasn't necessarily changed. So I think uh, in terms of like staying creative um, during quarantine, it's largely similar to. I guess what the what the answer would be to just like staying creative in a different time, mm-hmm. um, which I guess for me, um, one way is just to um, like very very uh, the I guess are very the creative activities that I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a lot of times I'll be kind of taking a break from music but I'll be doing more like photography 
or I'll like be taking a little bit of like a break from photography, but I'll be doing some more um, like graphic design stuff. Nice. And yeah, like over, over the last couple of months, I've been doing like a lot of graphic design because like um, one of my clients, I just ended up doing like a lot, a lot more for them over the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, when you step away from music, for example, when you come back to it, you always have you know like a fresh perspective and it never, it never feels like it's it's like a good way like if you're you know people talk a lot about um like losing sight of the big picture and really kind of getting caught up in in tedious things and that ending up getting in the way of enjoying um your art and the process of of doing what you do um i think yeah i think a good answer is is kind of just yeah like maybe step maybe step step back from that um you know try try a different medium you know even if even if you don't think you're good at it um even if you don't really have experience you know try it out and when you when you come back to music you'll you'll have that kind of added perspective wow. to see what you do in a different way and at the very least you won't you won't feel like you're returning to something that you're repetitive. Yeah, that's right. That you're bored of, or that has become uh, tedious for you. And I think a lot of times what you find too is that, um, like a lot of times for me, like sometimes I'll if I if I've been doing like a lot of other stuff besides music and feel like I haven't been um, able to uh, like practice or um, do anything with music for a while, a lot of times I'll 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 be feeling kind of frustrated, like oh, like why am I um, why am I kind of not doing as much with that as as I could be, um, and or I'm like oh like losing losing all these like skills because I'm like out of practice. Um, but then when you return to it, I think you always find that um, yeah you do like there there are things that you've learned in the meantime that inform your perspective um, coming back to it, and I think that. Um, what what that adds to your art going forward is more valuable than um, what you would have gained or maintained um, through continuing um, the existing cycle you were in. Exactly. The existing cycle that you were in. Wow. That is like such clarity on today's time, as you say, um, with many different people um, that have been in that existing cycle for a long, long time. And now we all have to stop what we're doing and to do something more creative, pick up a new tool, pick up a new skill. And then, you know, as time goes on, it's time to kind of return to some of those things that you used to do um, repetitively. Uh, now you have a different view on them. Mm-hmm. And you, I like that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, speaking, you know, not not just about art, but yeah, just about, you know, everything in our lives. During, exactly. During this time, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, everyone's calling obviously for or a lot of people are you know here there's like a protest here the other day for like you know reopening right reopening the city and or reopening the province and um you know like a lot of people will be will be calling for that obviously because of you know what's been what's been taken away from us during this time but yeah i am hoping that you know people will be will will not be returning to um what they were doing before in the exact same way. Exactly. Uh, and that this is like an opportunity to kind of reevaluate um, 
you know, if, you know, this, in this, um, for example, just like a lot of people were being taken advantage of, and it's just become so much more clear now in this crisis. And, you know, I'm hoping that um, in things slowly returning to normal, people won't just, people will have that kind of realization and won't just settle for what they were given. Exactly. We're hoping for a more uh, conscious type of crowd, so to speak. Just think about what you're doing before you do it. Think about like what you say before you say it. I know it all sounds cliche, but Mm -hmm. it's a given. It must be done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, well, thank you, Nicholas, for coming on today's show and blessing the mic. Um, I had a fantastic time picking your brain and, um, I'm going to end off this segment with your tribute, your solo tribute to Kanye West. And that is my idol, so to speak, because we're both from Chicago. (laughs) So thank you so much for, um, you know, composing this. It's it's a beautiful um, message behind the music. So everybody... Please enjoy the music and bless up and peace out. And most importantly, stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.
Guru 